Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello again. This is Sue Rose Minahan of Talk Cosmos, Leading Edge Conversations, Awakening the Authentic Self to Empower Soul Growth. And today, because it is the 25th of September, right after the equinox, when that tuminal equinox, when the light balances on Earth very closely, to again migrate towards the uh, northern spot of the summer solstice, we also are having a full moon. And that full moon will be just two hours after this hour of our program. So it's a very exciting time. It's at two degrees and 49 minutes of Libra. And on the East Coast, it occurs at 5.55 p.m. in on the West Coast, that's three hours earlier, 2.55 p.m. And if you were in Britain or parts of Europe, which is somewhat of adjustable, it's right at midnight, 11.55, because we have audiences here and there. And we appreciate all of you. And thank you so much for subscribing and keeping up with us with all our changes, because change is in the air. You will hear it today. Now, one of our focuses for archetypal symbols relates to the Sabian symbols, which are archetypal. And they were created in 1925 with a clairvoyant, Elsie Wheeler, and the great late astrologer, Mark Edmund Jones, not to be confused with Mark Jones. He'll be on with us with Planet Buzz, the new, well, I don't know if I should even say that, but it'll be on December 4th. So about Jupiter. But right now, these Sabian symbols have been interpreted many times. They give us spiritual emphasis. And astrology is everything. Humanity is everything. We are linear and we are symbolic and with metaphors. So with imagination, we are ready for archetypal symbols. Thank you. Synthesizing the current archetypal new moon energies through weaving symbol systems, such as Sabian symbols, numerology, Mayan novel energy days, or even tarot, connecting to the astrological data and concepts for planets and cosmos, this is your Archetypal Symbols panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club of a Dwarf Planet University Diploma and AA with Music Degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, a professional astrologer, intuitive, numerologist, and tarot reader. I'm a certified sacred healing counselor, providing nurturing in-depth consultations for individuals and couples. I'm an author, blogger, speaker, and international Reiki master and teacher. 
I create safe space in which to explore the deeper patterns of your life, to clarify your current circumstances and help you find your best path forward. And I'm Justin Crockett-Elsey, an archetypal astrologer, teacher, and author. I combine both Western ancient astrology and modern psychological astrology with Eastern Vedic astrology. And I specialize in predictive, electional, and karmic astrology for individuals and couples. I'm a certified aromatherapist, an essential oil specialist, and an herbalist. And I offer remedial modalities of plants for psychological life issues to empower clients with compassionate healing. I also do in-depth astrological research into arcane astrological concepts, focusing on the mystical, occult side of astrology. Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, and And today today is a gift. gift. And And that's that's why it's called The Present. Well, hello. Our present keeps changing, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Well, hi, Justin. Hi, Liz. Again, we meet to discuss this new moon, the time when the moon comes in front of the sun, blocks out the light, but it's at two degrees. Maybe we should talk about two for a while, shall we? Sure. So the number two, um, since we're at two degrees with the sun and moon, it's about harmony, relationships, partnerships, Um so that that's exciting that and justin's really embracing uh this new moon energy because this is very powerful because <laughs> it's about you know on a certain level it's about beauty and and it's like changing a hairstyle so it's like you can it's very obvious to everybody today so he's Congrats. right on time with energy <laughs> Hey, new season, new season, right? (laughs) It really is. And besides that, you know, the equinox is one of my favorite times of year. I love the solstice and the equinox. And it's that balance and it's a polarization because we're going from south to north right now. Although being on the northern hemisphere, it's a little bit of a most of us, that is, not everybody, but above the equator. But th- I think that's part of it, you know, the polarity. Here, there's, for those that are in the YouTube world with us at Talk Cosmos YouTube, or at, a little bit about the numerology of two. There's a lot that's focusing on two. There's the moon, as, as Liz brought up, is the second planet after uh, the sun, and your Taurus, which is with Uranus and the North Node, the uh, uh, you will see I give credits to Liz. She provides a lot of this good data. But we're all in tune with it. So it's really very evident of this partnership with myself eventually, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I, I would also add in, we got the second house there, but I'd also add in the seventh house as well, because the seventh house rules relationships partnerships as well so i love that because it's in the seventh house for the um uh eastern horoscope i think well we'll have to check that it was right okay and then the tarot perhaps you both want to bring that up discuss that a little bit how it go ahead liz well the justice card is number 11 or the 11th trump and it's a master number and it reduces down to the number two 
So it's like more energy of the season of being in the number two. And it's also represented by the sign Libra and we're in Libra energy right now. So it's all supporting each other, even Definitely. though we're using different symbolisms to use. And I know Justin has always very good information. He teaches about tarot as, as Liz does. But I know for myself that justice is law and seventh house is law. And that's where you'll see. And Libra is the natural seventh house. So it really gives another strong message that this is to have justice. And when I think about it with the two, that partnership is myself and the world, the universe, spirit. How am I aligning myself? in anyway right and uh, you know and and not to leap into where we're going but i was doing some yeah. stuff today so I was reading some egyptian mythology and and there's some concepts about how uh, as we move into this new season about balance as we is that you know we're in that boat like the pharaohs in the boat that went over to the other side it was it's about balance and protection as you go into the new season balance and Anyway, that's a good point, because I was reading for last week because we were doing, you know, it's all this archetypal time of Libra and Venus of the of this, of the scales, because often for this tarot card, it's the, the strength card. You know, it's or I think it's a, is it strength card, but there's the woman. There, it's a different picture than what I have here, but I have found this. But the point that I'm making is that the Egyptians uh, uh Mat, Mat, M-A-A-T, yes, weighed the heart when you died to see if you were aligned or if you were corrupt, which also goes into that whole idea. And I love that idea, too, of the going across the river because, you know, later the mythology have, it was the Greeks and Romans have sticks, the river sticks, and you go to Chiron with the mythology of, 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 which is a different storyline, but still it's that emphasis that there's a passage. So and where you're coming in with the eight card and the strength in some of the older traditions in tarot, they reverse the eight and the 11. So that that's, you're bringing that energy in. Um, but so more of a modern is the 11th Trump or the 11th card is justice. So yep. Yep. that was my yeah. idea to stay with that. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for that clarity. If, if other people fall into that little f impulse, yeah. <laughs> and eleven, <clears throat> the two ones of of leadership. Yeah, but master number. Okay. Did you have anything more? Either of you want to say with? Nope. No. No. Okay. Let's get to the new moon. <laughs> oh right. Oh, the Sabians. Okay, that just tells people if you want to go back to it about the. There we are. There's a chart. And generally with the East Coast, I'm bringing up the point that the new moon is opposing and opposition to Jupiter, which we will discuss. And that it Jupiter happens to rule for, the, for this nation, our ascendant and MC, which has a lot to do with how we express ourselves and how we work with our social structures. And um, okay, should we lead on? 
So before we get into the new moon, uh, we're going to start with the ascendant and the mid heaven, right? Okay, we can do that. Let's do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because um, and and really, that's you know when we, we as we get ready to look at it, whenever you're you know for anybody as a new uh, astrology student, uh, one thing you always want to look at first in the chart is that ascendant, and and what what is coming in that's going to inform the journey of that new moon. You know. I like it. And on new moon charts, the part of fortune with the circle with the X in it is always conjunct the ascendant too. So, um, yeah, yeah, good that's point. Very good. Well, the ascendant is seven degrees Pisces. This is for the East Coast in 37 minutes, meaning that there's a lot of ways to look at the Sabians, which we're realizing. And one is that. Oftentimes, the Sabians rounded off, so it would be eight degrees. However, there are studies that everything's in evolution. So it's, it is in seven, and before seven, it was six. And then after eight, if you round it off, it's going to be nine. So with some of these, we may go over four of them, and we can round them off. Because how would you like to start? Um, Justin, I'll hand it to you. Oh, uh, yeah. You well, uh, if... if um... If Liz could start off with the six and, and the ascendant and tell us what uh, she's got the notes there, right? Yes. A parade well, think, of yeah. army officers in full dress. And and yeah, so that dedication to the service of community. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And and so that's in Pisces and then the seven degrees is what, Liz? Uh, illumined by a shaft of light, a large cross lies on rocks surrounded by sea mist. Okay. It's spiritual blessings with which strengthens individuals stand uncompromising for your own truth. Right. And then do the you eight. Want eight and, do you want all of them? Okay. Eight. Well, she listed them. Blowing... Go ahead. Okay. A girl blowing a bugle, a call to participate in the service of race. As an evolutionary crisis approaches, so that's sort of leading what the real Sabian is, I think, from what most people would refer. And nine beyond that, a jockey spurs his horse, intent on outdisting his rivals, which is the interpretation yeah. of intense mobilization yeah. skill. You know, mm -hmm. this ascendant really kind of reminds me of really sort of the archetype of the Piscean anyway, which is uh, dedicating oneself to something greater, you know, dedicating oneself to something greater in this life, that Piscean archetype, as we see in the beginning there with the, um, uh, the, the, the rabbits are imitating others and getting in with the group and that's how they're learning and, and then we go into this cross aspect there that it's it's we're we're called to a summons to to you know dedicate ourselves to something better at this time you know that's what I take from that. What do you take from that, Liz? Well, I agree with you, um, but it also reminds me of how before we came on the show we were talking about the outer planets being retrograde. It's like this energy's kind of building. And it's like we're kind of doing our inner work or doing the prep. And then it's like, then it's like kind of like pushing us forward again. So that's oh, what I want to add. You guys are great. Yeah, well, I, agree. Should we, I This is very inspiring. I have certain projects. I mean, with Mars in Gemini, it's like. 
I don't think we're going to stop until March through March. So what if, should we look at the midheaven? Yeah, the midheaven. Okay. Which and is where I we're think, trying to go to, which is where we're trying to go to. Yeah. And the midheaven, of course, is at the top of the chart, folks. It's 17 degrees, Sag 29. So we're going to do 16, 17, 18, and 19. And go ahead. You do 16, 17. I'll do 18, 19. Oh, that sounds good. Seagulls yeah. fly around a ship in exception in expectation of food it's an acquired dependence of psychic desires upon the stimulation of social circumstances and then 17 is an easter sunrise service draws a large crowd culturally stimulating long longing for group participation in a process of rebirth so the Sabian, if we rounded it off to 18, is of Sagittarius. Children playing on the beach, their heads protected by sunbonnets. And the interpretation, protection society affords to as yet immature individuals as they begin to deal with the powerful energies of their unconscious natures. That seems really significant. 19, Sag, where all that might be leading, pelicans menaced by the behavior and refuse of men seek safer areas for bringing up their young. And the interpretation need for people concerned with the future to discover a new way of living and more wholesome surroundings. So, Justin? Yeah, no, you know, we look at Sagittarius as that, that constellation dealing with the collective right and our beliefs and our where we're all getting along and i find it interesting i just realized that both of that first saving we read and the and the last one there have birds in them again we always come back to the birds aspect and it deals with the interdependence of relationship uh you know the seagulls are interdependent upon the humans as they're doing that and the pelicans are trying to protect themselves from the humans so there's something about relationship just kind of where we're going with this new moon here about relationships and the collective. I don't know. What do you get from that, Liz? Well, I got that um, we need food and we need other people. It's kind of like t saying what our basic needs are. And if we meet those and with the children, it was like that we need fun and joy too. It's like to have a, a well-balanced all around life or way of being. Yeah, it is. Although I, I am so in. Well, okay, I could give accolades forever, but and what I'm reading from this also to remind is that process of rebirth coming out of that. Of course, that's seventeen, but this idea of and psychic desire. So it's really, isn't it? Also incorporating the whole, the whole embodiment. Yes, and then being out in nature, too, because uh, pelicans are usually by um, the sea. And so it like reminds me of out in the ocean or the seashore, all of this, too. Yeah. So yeah. to get so outside really that, and get fresh air. Yeah, that partnership goes back again and again to the internal, which is that whether we call it a psychic connection, because we are, we have that intuitive, you know, of what the signs are, you know, it works. Right. Well, and feeding yourself mm -hmm. in your relationship and not expecting the other person to fulfill it. It's ah. like taking care, 
of yourself and meeting your own needs. And then you can be more show up for a relationship. Oh, yeah. And that's, that's where I was talking about that interdependence upon others, dependence upon mm. others. You know, Beautiful. About that. Yeah. You, uh, I'm cool. Thank you. Well, here I put these here so that people could also, but here we have the sun, two degrees, 49 sun and moon Sabian symbols. So I don't know if we want to read that because it is the new moon so that everybody gets it. And Liz, do you want to start off again? Sure. A collection of perfect specimens of many biological forms. Butterflies displays the beauty of its wings. Um, and a butterfly is a mortal archetype. It's perfect in a dedicated life. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then two Libra is the transmutation of the fruits of past experiences into the seed realization of the forever creative spirit. Report repolarization of inner energies leading to a creative centralization of consciousness. And Justin, do you want to talk about, I mean, should I read the next two or did yeah, you want to read bring... the next two and then we can all okay. talk about them? Yeah. That all sounds right. good. Okay. So for folks to realize two is where we're beginning, but it came from one, three is what it's rounding off and four is where it's heading. So three is the dawn of a new day reveals everything changed meaning the possibility of beginning again on a new foundation of values. And where all this might be leading as the quest, as Linda Hill presents, around a campfire, a group of young people sit in spiritual communion. And the interpretation would be, one, I'd unite with kindred spirits as one enters unbeaten paths, illumined by the still is it insecure light? Is that correct? Of a dawning yeah. intuition of new values. A lot of words. That's why sometimes putting this down. So I will back away. Thank you. Go ahead, Justin. <laughs> no, you know, this kind of reminds me of what Liz was saying about all the outer planets being retrograde right now, kind of building up towards a, a, a change of cycle here. Because, you know, that first degree is about um, sort of, okay, what's my concept as we move forward into this new reality, um, this new phase or new season, whatever you want to say. And, you know, how, what are my concepts about what that's going to look like for me for the next three months? And then Libra is about, okay, I'm getting ready and I'm going to rebalance, repolarize or balance my inner energies to centralize and, you know, set my intention and, and then the possibility of new values. And then, of course, you know, being with like-minded others back to relationship. So it kind of reminds me what you were talking about, Liz, sort of that buildup of, okay, I'm getting ready for a change. It's coming, it's coming, and now it's happening, you know? I don't know. What do you right. think, Liz? Well, yeah, and to recognize our own inner beauty as much as we, because it's easy to recognize other people's inner beauty. And, you know, that rebalancing, like you were saying, I mean, this is just beautiful and things are starting anew. It's like there's, you know, this chart is like super powerful and stimulating for a new moon. It's like to me, it's I want to call it like a super energized new moon because <laughs> we're not it, I don't think we're having a super new moon. But to me, if that energy is just feeling really that forward movement, it's coming in all the work we've done. It's like 
we have that support and energy behind us. Yeah, all yeah. the messages are echoing, re, um, replicating themes. And I often realize that it's plateaus and stepping stones, one new moon to the next. And of course, it relates back. There's all this relationship. You know, if one looks at relationships, of course, phases of how it's moving. But this Libra, the new moon in Libra this year, I welcome that uh, re, um, perspective. Liz, because, you know, on the 8th, Saturn goes direct on the 22nd of October, which is maybe a month away, but it's still, um, we have a whole new Venus star point cycle in Libra. So Libra and Venus are really becoming center focus. So for both of you to bring up the emphasis of, of, of the significance is Power, and I love the word powerful. So thanks. Well, and it's like, I want to say right relationships. It's like some relationships need a little polishing, a little bit of work. Some relationships are like maybe just too much effort. And it's really time to just not put all that effort into something that maybe isn't working anymore. And, yeah. you know, create new relationships. I just, I would just probably just say that that's if for people listening. If you really want to think about what we're really saying, is this sort of the one of the huge themes here is relationship, like you're saying, Liz and 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 Sue, and that that this is a great time for new relationships, but also bringing balance and harmony in our relationships. Mm. Did you want to go to Venus, which is conjunct and Mercury, or to its opposition with Jupiter? Because Jupiter is opposite. Maybe we should do that. You think so? Or well, I think we should do what's conjunct at first, but I'm I'm okay, okay either way. Okay, then let's do that. I asked and I like it. <laughs> that sounds good to me. All right. Because they're in Virgo, where but still it's just a few degrees away. So out of sign, but conjunct by energy. And Venus, of course, rules Libra. So it's a powerful. Um, and Sue, before we talk about that, maybe for people who are new to astrology, understanding that conjunct, that the, that means they're within 10 degrees of one another, these planets. And so they are, those energies are blending and affecting one another um, That between Venus and the sun and the moon there and Mercury. Power, very good. And and blending isn't always like making a cake where you just put a, or an omelet. You know, I think about that because sometimes I think, oh, well, that's simple enough. No, it can be kind of chunky. It's it, it it they don't always see eye to eye. And Virgo, of course, wants refinement, which I think is one of the major words that we're bringing out. It discerns it. Its purpose is to make more perfection so that it can enter into these partnerships as I know Maurice Fernandez all really is, teaches that particular perspective, which I think is common, but I give credit to. I so like to say mm -hmm. what kind of cookies am I making? Because I have a basic <laughs> oatmeal cookie recipe, but am I putting raisins in it? Am I putting Peanut butter. chocolate chips? Am I putting nuts? <laughs> you know, um, coconut. Scott, yeah. <laughs> Okay, I mean, it's like, you know, what am I going to make? <laughs> right. I like it. Oh, it's good days. Okay. So 24 Virgo is the degree before Venus, Mary and her little lamb. Vibrant and pure simplicity at the core of one's 
being as one meets the many tests of existence. Hmm. And then 25 Virgo, a flag at half mast in front of a public building, social acknowledgement of a job well done. 26 Virgo, a boy with a censer serves the priest near the altar, the first stage of actual participation in ritual of planetary evolution. Yeah, so 27, because that's actually Mercury. So that 26 is, these are feeding into each other um, between Venus and Mercury. But it is a group of uh, aristocratic ladies meet ceremonially at a court's function with the interpretation, the ability to carry a revered tradition in order to perpetuate cultural standards of excellence. Boy, we're working on that one, aren't we, as a group of society. 28 Virgo, a bald-headed man who has seized power, sheer power of personality in times that call for decision. That's always questionable. Well, okay, Justin and then Liz. <laughs> well, you know, thank you. I, you know, this kind of reminds me of the word longing. Um, there's, there's this concept in, in, in some esoteric spirituality that, that nature and spirit underneath it all is all about longing. And this, you know, the Venus is about affection and what we desire, and Mercury's all about in its head when Virgo and very logical, rational. It seems to be like you were saying, Sue, this longing towards perfection and refinement and making things better right now um, mm -hmm. that kind of brings in here. And it, it's this sort of all talks about, you know, being simplistic and, you know, paying attention, not looking for perfection. And but sort of that dedication that Virgo wants to be of help to others. That little, you know, we're talking about the service there and service to humanity with the, the, um, the uh, religious aspect there in those degrees. Ooh, Liz, you want to close it and then we'll take a little break. Sure. Well, good. the first one reminds me of like, you know, pure innocence. The second reminds me of pain, respect. And then the third one at 26 Virgo reminds me of something, someone taking an initiation. It's like a growth. It's like if you went from elementary school to middle school, perhaps. Mm -hmm. um, and then like, as you mature, you get to celebrate with your friends. And um, the last one, it's just en enjoying your accomplishments. Oh, what a full spectrum story. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens next. So that's the energy talking to the new moon. That's the energy, folks, that we're kind of trying to all integrate with our ego and whatnot. So we'll come back and see what awareness we have what's the perspective of jupiter all right thank you this is archetypal symbols with justin crockett elsie elizabeth mouchette and myself sudros minahan thank you while we take a break from this week's edition of talk cosmos let's take a look at this cycle's archetype we are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships. 
with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Whispering Dragon Center in Seattle, we cover the world of animals. This week, October 2nd, it's Shelter Rescue Sanctuary and anything that helps our animal friends Sunday. We'll check in with some of our regulars, Meow Cat Rescue and Seattle Dogs Homeless Program, plus a couple of new interviews, and we'll check in with the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. To schedule your mini transit reading, send the show an email at info at talkcosmos.com and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading with the Kaleidoscope Visions panel, scheduled every fourth Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Alternative Talk 1150. Oh, I love that. I just realized, though, I think it's every fourth Sunday. Not Thursday. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've been listening to all those wonderful spots. I'm so glad to collaborate with an animal program there in Seattle. But she can just change that one word to Sunday. Well, okay. So let's go back to our slides. Thank you. Thank you so much. We just, now we're talking about Jupiter. Because if we look at the, there it is, the slide, You'll see that in the seventh house, in the first house, it's right opposite at three degrees with Jupiter. So we have all that new moon in partnerships that's trying to refine things and 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 grow up at the same time. <laughs> hey, Sue, before we talk about that, I, I was going to mention something that some people have been kind of seeing in the news, how Jupiter's at its closest point to Earth right now. And it has been in the last 60 years in its cycle. And so, uh, you, you know, just for people understanding that, uh, you know, that it's actually the Earth is between Jupiter and the sun right now. So if we look at one direction, we see the sun. We look at the other direction, there's Jupiter. And it's actually at its closest point to Earth right now in the last 60 years. So it's going to be pretty oh. bright in the sky. I love you bringing that up, 
the one planet, because I'm in a different condo just for a few weeks, when I go outside, I, there's Jupiter. Mm-hmm. It has been just really strongly present. I know that Gemini Brett talks to Jupiter all the time. So I was trying, I'm trying to talk to Jupiter. <laughs> I've been going out and looking at Jupiter when it, we have the clear nights, which we've had some beautiful clear nights lately. Mm. Yeah. It is so strong. Oh, I appreciate that very much. Because the sky is our ultimate astrology and, and bringing that personalizing. Are you seeing it too, Justin? Have you gone out? A little bit here on the peninsula. It's a little cloudy. <laughs> so it is. You, you, you're close to that yeah, right. marine air. Well, thank you. So Jupiter is, and Jupiter in mythology is Zeus in Greek. It was the king of the gods. It's the biggest planet. All the others could smoosh inside of it. Um, yeah, expansion. And so I make, make another comment about Mercury with the, um, the conjunction in Libra and Virgo there that on the second, I believe, October 2nd, Mercury stations direct. So you know, the second yes. and the eighth will have two planets that station direct. So it's, you know, we're in that window of that energy shifting. Darn, I can't blame Mercury anymore. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you know, Mercury's going to be with Mars in Gemini. So Mercury's got a lot to say about all this as it changes in all its signs, which is something to remember, come to think of it, with Mars. It might still be in Gemini, but its little guide back there, Mercury, is is going to be really changing the scene. Well, we are in the last half hour, and of course, we may not have time to bring up all of this, but this looks pretty quick. Jupiter, three degrees and 48, almost at four degrees, Aries, and it's retrograde. It's heading back into Pisces. So on that path, um, it doesn't go direct until uh, later in this month. So I think it's this month. So Liz, we'll roll on two degrees. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, two degrees, Aries, a comedian reveals human nature, the capacity to look objectively at oneself and others. Uh, three Aries, the cameo profile of a man suggesting the shape of his country, sustaining power of the whole as the individual identifies himself with life. So that's where it was at. We're at three. It came before and now it's there. And it, going ahead, the Sabians is forest Aries, two lovers strolling on a secluded walk. And the interpretation, progressive polarization of energies to fulfill one's life function. Because you got to get along, right? That's the idea, I guess. And five Aries where all this, the quest is headed, a triangle with wings, self-transcending. So Justin and Liz... I'd love to hear your thoughts. I, I love this because Jupiter is just kind of reinforcing what we've been all been talking about <laughs> here, right? You know, and just for the, the group, you know, for those listening, understanding that Jupiter's archetype is shows how we grow and expand. So it that's that good fortune planet. And I love how it's giving us a technique here to, as we look at relationship, looking at objectively at ourselves and others as we get in relationship. And then, uh, you know, just um, uh, uh, reevaluating our, our life as we move forward. And then again, I love this four degrees where it's talking about polarization of energies. We just saw that in the, in the, on the other side of the, the, with Venus and that, and the new moon, actually was the new moon talking about repolarization of energy. So it's bringing our energies back into balance. 
and um and then ultimately we're going to transcend you know what what we're, we're trying to do mm. here wow thank and you it, it's just again re-supporting what we've already been talking about it's like we're almost talking about the same thing even though we're going around the chart talking about different places so yeah and what comes to mind as you speak of jupiter is that is our belief systems so there is a really strong idea to make all this into a new belief system which helps our values and whatnot well then let's lead on uh can i say one more thing about jupiter yes. because it is retrograding usually that means mm. uh like mercury retrograde means reevaluation so jupiter retrograde same same thing here but a little bit of a delay so it's giving us that period to to get our stuff together <laughs> before yeah. we go into the new 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 uh new cycle that's true and it reminds me that often it's reassessing if we've lost or misplaced or hadn't focused on a opportunity so that we can bring that back in, which is a little different than the, I mean, that, that seems like a, a part of the process and we're and, actually changing signs after a while. Yes. Yeah. And I yeah. noticed, you know, Jupiter and Aries, and I don't know what you all, both of you think about this, but I've been noticing a lot, especially with people with something like Mars and Aries or other planets and Aries that this touches that it's really a period of time of new things getting going. Mm -hmm. So I'm seeing a lot of people starting new businesses, new projects, but there's a little bit of delay here because we're reevaluating things before we start these because Aries is the sign of the entrepreneur, the, the starter, you know, getting things going. Yeah. Jupiter will go direct not until November. So it's two more months that it will um, uh, go direct. Of course, it will be in Pisces before that, meaning that we'll have a chance to look at the wholeness or the oneness of it and get more imagination maybe with it, ideally. Go ahead, Liz. Well, and, you know, people like looking at their life with, in my opinion, with fresh eyes and making different choices. Um, you know, I had a client, she's moving back to Europe. She's lived in the United States probably about 35 years and she's moving back to Europe. And, you know, it was just all of a sudden she made that choice, that decision. It came up really quick and fast. Um, and with Mars and Gemini, I think that's helping people to process things because it's a mental energy. Um, I know the last time I wrote my blog post, I, I did two in one evening and it went pretty quickly. Um, so it's like, I'm, you know, kind of on that, that wave of that help with the, the mental processes. Yes. So let's see, I bring up the chart once in a while so that people can see it again. We're, here and as you bring up mars mars in gemini for the is near the bottom of the chart is right at the it's a lot about our foundation of a nation nationally as we relate to our nation and our whole society right so it's it's powerful that way well in mars and Here's mars um, is trying to Saturn and it's the, the I call them the bad boys because <laughs> in <laughs> traditional astrology, they're the malefics, but they're playing well together. So, <laughs> well, Mars is very, okay. We'll get right into that because here looking at this chart, Mars has two aspects. It's 
in that square with Uranus, which it was exact last year and will be in the same degree for the first 12 days of October, very shortly. And it is also trying, as you say, in a supportive, not a tension-oriented, trying to resolve something with the old and the new, which we'll, we'll get into those, but also working progressively with this energy with Mars. So let's look at... Uh-huh. But Go it's ahead, Saturn Jeff. that's square Uranus and Saturn is trying Mars. You said it backwards. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> Thank you. Correction. And I was, okay. was going to point out that that Mars trying Saturn is really giving everybody this great discipline and effort right now. You know, we got mm-hmm. it's in two air signs, Gemini and Aquarius. So they're, you know, in the Mars or the Saturn's bringing that discipline and that uh, resilience and effort towards um, what Mars is wanting to accomplish right now. So th- this is really a positive thing towards okay. effort and action. Well, maybe we should just do a couple here with Mars, but it's 18 degrees and 13 seconds in Gemini at this moment. Of course, it's going to stay in Gemini all past the spring equinox. We're going to go through the sol- winter solstice all through the new year. It's We have a long experience and journey with Mars in Gemini. We'll know a whole lot more in the months to come. Because right now it's just forging on. It hasn't done its retrograde, which it will much later in the year. So maybe well, we I'll should just, just read. We'll, we'll, make we it won't... short. Yeah. Okay. So 17 Gemini, a head of a robust youth charges into that of a mature thinker. Um, 18 Gemini, two Chinese men converse in their native tongue in an American city. And 19, yeah, which is the Sabian, a large archaic volume reveals traditional wisdom. And 20, the quest where we're going, a modern cafeteria displays an abundance of food products of various regions. So, so, um, you know, that I, I, I see the Sabian symbol about this. Um, these, these, these four here usually comes up as, as really very supportive of that Mars and Gemini towards learning and towards um, reading, learning, teaching, communications is really powerful. And it seems to me it's kind of uh, showing where a person, uh, this is a good time to uh, grow um, and mature as far as um, what we're trying to do. And that, that one about the Chinese men, I see that come up a lot of times when we are going into new situations and using past experience, we've got the knowledge in order to do what we need to do right now. Awesome. I love it. Let's do the next Saturn. Is that next? Or there we go. Um so 18 Aquarius, a man's secret motives are being publicly un- unmasked. And 19 Aquarius, a forest fire is being subdued by the use of water chemicals and sure muscular energy. Yes. And for folks, Saturn is at that 19 degree, 11 minutes of Aquarius. And it's retrograde for a while. So at 20, the Sabian, a large white dove bearing a message. And the quest where it's all headed, 21 Aquarius, a disappointed and delusioned woman courageously faces a seemingly empty life. Well, there's a lot to listen here. Thank you, Justin. And go ahead. 
Uh, I'll just say really quickly, you know, um, <laughs> uh, this is, uh, I actually have one of my plan own planets at this part, but uh, so this is really gives a period of it just a lot of a lot of um, complex um, information about intention and uh, what our what our perspective is about where we're going forward. I don't know. What do you think, Liz? Well, I like how you said it, and it's like um, if you have secrets, they might be exposed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. It's like quite literally, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're moving on to Chiron, it looks like. So Chiron's at 14 degrees of Aries in 40 minutes. Are, what are we doing? My apology. I, I sometimes um me and technology yeah. a little bit she mixed up. The, she clicked yeah. the mouse. <laughs> I did. Okay, so we're leaving Saturn. I think we're doing Uranus. Is that what we're doing? Because it's all tied in, right? That's yeah, okay. I think we should. All right. Um so Uranus is at 18 degrees and 30 minutes of Taurus. So we'll start with 17 the degree ahead. A symbolic battle between swords and torches. And then 18 Taurus is a woman airing an old bag through the open window of her room. And 19, where we're at, a new continent rising out of the ocean. I know we've been doing this one for quite a while. And 20, the quest, the quest, <laughs> I'm reading ahead, wisps, <laughs> the quest, wisps of wing, like clouds streaming across the sky. Well, you know, this, this, and I'm curious what you think, Liz, but this just, and, Liz, and Sue, it just, just tells me that we're just, again, continuing to go through change and evaluate our resources and, and how we're dealing with our resources with Uranus. And, and this just kind of gives us some underlying psychological concepts for going through that process with Uranus and Taurus. Yes, we're absolutely moving forward. No <laughs> yeah. going back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is important. And I thank you. And I'm realizing it's in another context because it's in the context of the whole sun, that whole backbone where, because Venus is also the ruler here, which is also the ruler of the North node. No. Yes. Taurus. And also of Libra because Venus rules two signs. So really this uh this 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 uh change although it seems like it's listening more to saturn's discipline well we'll lead on to the next and we'll look at here's our chart again to get a reference of where we're at so that and of course wherever we live it's going to be a little different because this um but this is for the national so the next one is Chiron. There we go. <laughs> so Chiron's at 14 degrees and 40 minutes of Aries. So 13 degrees of Aries. An unexploded bomb reveals an unsuccessful social protest. And 14 Aries is a serpent coiling near a man and a woman. 15 Aries. Indian weaving a um, ceremonial blanket. And I don't think we have the other one. So that's fine. Go ahead. Oh, well, you know, I, I think the reason we were going to look at Chiron is because it's actually, um, what I say, trining. Um, 
uh, black moon lilith and cancer so we're seeing a lot more people right now dealing with uh healing emotional issues and and so that's why we brought that in i'm not didn't really have any comments on the the savings on that what what about you liz um it's just that like you know maybe if we were going with a certain cause it's time to like maybe reevaluate and see if we're very passionate if we're still passionate about whatever that cause may be um and the serpent coiling near a man and a woman is kind of interesting it, it reminds me of like be cautious of who you associate with be cautious what you belong to um doesn't mean that you can't belong but just kind of be aware of what's going on so and then and that's, I like that. Oh, I was, I was just going to point out that that reminds me of relationship right there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Back to yeah. And, and I, I think too, this whole idea that if we're healing, that this is, there is this uh, basis because if we look at the chart and I think we only have a few minutes, so we're not going to really go into black moon Lilith. That's okay. I'm going to skip that. But here it is for people if they look at it and also to give reference of how to get a hold of Justin and Elizabeth and myself and our channel. And if you want to subscribe. So I think we can finish, um, take away those slides now, Nathan. Thank you. And I could look at my <laughs> friends here. Yes, it's, it's really an energy where relationship in every direction isn't it? liz and and liz you were going to say something before we cut mm. you off there but what were you going to say well it's just like new beginnings do your new moon rituals whatever that is whether it's to write something down whether it's to light a candle whether it's to go outside and look at a star um i think it's really a good idea to do some kind of ritual or ceremony and it can be 30 seconds or it could be 30 minutes it doesn't really matter it can be simple in depth but this is a powerful season the the autumn and the libra moon this time so do something please <laughs> i'm glad to hear that that's right always with a new moon justin you have no i i agree okay. i couldn't add anything more to that that's that, that's a great reminder <laughs> yeah it is you know when i look at iran as something i see as some a battle uh, symbol symbolic uh between swords and torches it says um don't refusal of depending on the past that the secret turns a warrior but it's like a spiritual warrior right and it's that warrior and, and strength of of of, of to, to find the courage within to pursue and really be excited try to be excited which is like yes there's great <laughs> options and opportunity well, it's such a pleasure. Thank you, Justin Crockett, Elsie, and thank you, Elizabeth, Liz Mouchette. This is Talk Cosmos, Typal Symbols. We'll be back in a month, and you can always connect, and we'll continue. And next time will be the, the oh my gosh, the eclipse season. So there's a lot here to enjoy autumn before the lights go out. <laughs> <laughs> see you next time okay thank you for joining us on talk cosmos the show where sue rose minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology 
Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. Thank you.